0: we're not helping people, we're not growing. Right. And so in order for us to help people in their personal lives and in business, we have to have a desire to do that. And one of the biggest things that I've learned in the last year by surrounding myself with other people who are doing huge things is flexing my giving muscle. And so January 4th of this year, I set out with a goal to give a hundred times more than I did last year. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Business Podcast. I'm your host, Steven Sterrick. This show is where we talk about all kinds of different stuff in business, but mainly we talk about how to mind your own business and stay in your own lane, and we interview only distinguished guests in order to find out their secrets. guys, just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. It means the world to me. It means so much to me that you guys are listening. I don't make any money off of this stuff. I do it for free. I do it out of the goodness of my heart. I wanna help people. And I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot.
1: It's a beautiful Wednesday here in Ventura, California. We're sitting at the Pacific View Mall. My buddy, he was so kind to come over here and visit me at the Pacific View Mall, Stephen Sterick, thank you for coming down and sit and talk to me, man.
0: Yeah, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it, man. Happy to be here. It's definitely a strange setting just sitting at a table in the middle of a mall, but I think it's really rad because it's very organic and it's not something like sitting in a studio being boxed
1: in by four walls. This is a big part of my whole radio story was I first started doing the AM radio the very first time. it was one of these remotes. It was like at some quick stop in the middle of Selmas, and it was 5 o'clock in the morning. It was freezing, and this place had amazing burritos. But we <laughs> sat there, and we had people that would just stand at the end of the table and just stare at us. And I was like, looking at them, and I was like, is this really what radio is, dude? <laughs> But I'm excited to have you on because you have a podcast that recently came out. You're a few episodes in and I've listened to them and I really like the way that you view not just business but partnerships and just community. That shines through it in the things that you talk about. Clearly you're just talking about strategies to win. Yeah. But I feel like you're also trying to set other people up to win as well.
0: Of course man. Well I mean like at the beginning middle and end of the day it's all about helping people. And if we don't help people then what the hell are we doing here right and so this table that we're sitting at is a non-profit organization about helping homeless and other communities that are like behavioral health mental health and really that's what it's all about because if wow and so my mentor he was like you got to keep track of it right because how are you going to measure it if you don't keep track of it so I got a spreadsheet right Mm -hmm. I got a whatever, an Excel spreadsheet. And I literally keep track of every single time I donate or give to some different organization. Now, whether that's giving money or time or knowledge or contacts, anything that I can possibly do to help, I keep track of it so that way at the end of the year, I can really see what I've done and what I haven't done. And then like mid-year, I have my own check-in. I'm like, hey, how much did I do in the first six months? And then right now we're coming up on the end of the third quarter of the year. So I'm checking to make sure that like, I'm going to be hitting my target towards the end of the year.
1: <laughs> that's so great. Cause I see you as actively looking for ways to give back. So you just assume you're going to hit that mark, but if you're not paying attention to the numbers, then how do you really know? Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's with anything in life that if you, if you want to control it, you have to be able to measure it. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's giving your time or money or whether that's running your own business, or helping out a church if you like to go to church, mm-hmm. or spending time with your family. You know how much time do you spend with your family? Well, I can say I spend, you know, a certain amount of days per week with my family. Or like on the weekends, I like to take my kids out to do stuff and park or the beach or whatever. But like unless I'm actually keeping track of that stuff, how do I really know? Like I can go back in my memory and be like, oh yeah, I'm I spent you know two days with my kids last weekend, and we did this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. But if I don't write it down, like, you know, the calendar for me, like my phone calendar is actually like a really good way for me to to measure this type of stuff because I can look back and say, yes, I did those things because I never delete anything out of my calendar. I always leave it in there and I have it set so like it doesn't expire and auto delete. Mm -hmm. So I can always look back and see. And like at the end of the month, I'll go back and I'll look at like what I did, what I wanted to do, what I did, what I actually accomplished and where I failed.
1: Oh, that's great. So you're keeping yourself accountable. Yeah, in a weird way. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought up the family thing because it used to be in in the old days that if you wanted to be a successful businessman, then that meant you probably weren't going to be much of a family man. Yeah. Like how many times did we hear the story? Yeah. Dad was okay, I guess. He was always at work or he was always on business trips and always, but you're putting the family first, business around the family, is that a product of the time we live in or is that just a different mindset of I'm gonna go out and this is just as important to me as this is, So this is where I'm putting my efforts and this is where I'm going to schedule my time at.
0: Yeah, I think that it's important to design your life the way you want to see it. So for me, I've had multiple businesses over the years that have taken me away from my family. We had a trucking company here in Ventura that I got rid of at the end of last year for numerous reasons. But one of the reasons on my pros and cons list that I was drawing up before I was going to exit the trucking company, one of the reasons was... Do I really wanna jump in the truck at four o'clock in the morning and leave my family to go to Bakersfield and make a delivery and then go to four other cities that day Mm -hmm. and have a 14 hour day? But I missed my kids' open house at school. I missed their, my my daughter just started going to dance class yesterday. So other things that I was missing as a product of the choices I made. I made a choice to start that trucking company. When I started it, I didn't think about how it was gonna affect my family enough. I didn't think enough about how it was gonna affect my family. And, and it greatly affected my family to the point where, yeah, I was gone a lot. It was a burden on my wife. It was a burden on our in-laws who do a lot of childcare for us. And so I think that designing your life, the way that you want to live it, the way that you prioritize things like your family, are very important. So now every time I'm thinking about a new business decision or I mean anything really, it doesn't have to be in business but like anything I want to do in my life, I think about how is this going to affect my family? How much time am I going to have to commit Mm -hmm. to this new idea or this new project or venture or whatever the hell it is? And does it fit within the life that I want to design for myself? So as far as family is concerned, like family is first for sure. It has to be first because if it's not first, again, like with giving and helping people, what the hell are we doing here if our family is not our priority?
1: Yeah, exactly. What am I going to do? Just buy stuff until I'm dead? Like leave (laughs) no legacy other than, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I sold some stuff and bought some stuff and died. That was my life. (laughs) That was it. Kids barely know me. Right. No memories. Yeah. Yeah, That's
0: what's going to be on your tombstone. Buyer and seller of shit.
1: Right. You know,
0: nobody wants to be known as that type of person.
1: It's funny you mentioned that having to look at when you're starting a business, how that's going to affect your family. I was doing comedy before I had kids, and then as the kids came in, it really complicated my comedy life. In fact, I look back to one specific night when I was in Laughlin trying to watch a football game on a really crappy TV that my hotel room had. It was a Sunday, and I wasn't even at the end of my run. I still had to drive to way out in the middle of Arizona the next day. And I was on the phone with, she was my wife at the time, and her and the kids are watching the game, and I told her, I go, I don't think I could do this anymore. Like, yeah. I'm all the way out of here, I'm in. Yeah. Laughlin at this stinky casino. Yeah. And my heart's back there with you guys watching the 49ers probably lose to the Saints or whatever. You know, but, and I remember that moment. I remember thinking, if I would have known, I definitely wouldn't have stacked my life this way. Yeah. And, but I came off of the road. And that's because it's funny because she goes, well, you should just start doing radio. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, you just start doing radio. And then, oddly enough, an opportunity opened up and that's what I ended up doing. But kind of wish I would have been able to figure out how to make the comedy work with the kids and everything at the same time because that was just a difficult thing because it it seems like all the best gigs would come and it would be a birthday or it would be a an anniversary or a holiday and you're like yeah. oh i have to choose every single time it's a choice you know the best paying gig i'm gonna get in 2022 or do i you know go to my kids last hockey game or whatever yeah. you know and it's just so
0: fun. so would you say that that moment in that hotel room in laughlin was a pivotal shift for the future and how you wanted to live your life
1: absolutely absolutely
0: yeah. And what decisions did you start making, or what choices did you start making after? That stinky Laughlin Casino.
1: <laughs> well, the decisions I made was to stop calling people and begging for work that I didn't really want to begin with. Uh, you get stuck into this place where you're, you know, you're so happy to be working and you do it. You, you take these gigs and that Laughlin, I'll be honest, because it, I'm not going to do it again. So I don't care. I'm not going to hurry. Like, I believe I was making like one hundred fifty dollars a day on that. Wow. And you're not getting travel money. They take care of your hotel and they feed you. But I think I was getting like one hundred, maybe 150, 200 bucks a day. That's awful. And it was, yeah, and there was, like, long drives in between. Like, the Laughlin, I was there for two nights or three nights, but there was long drives on each side of it. Right, and they're not paying the for your fuel
0: there, no. in back. They're not paying for any of that stuff. Not paying so, for your fuel. So, if something
1: happens to you, it's they're not... Responsible whatsoever. If, yeah, man. You know, out on the road, I'd yeah. run away from that business faster than I was on fire. It's funny you say that because it took me a long time to actually run away from the business. I finally walked away from the comedy aspect of Giggles, at least you know, trying to produce shows and all. Just really, like in the last month, where mm-hmm. I was like, "This isn't feeding anything for me anymore." Like
0: literally in this last month.
1: Yeah, in the wow. last month. Yeah, wow. yeah. I'm in, a, I'm in a place where I'm, I, I have a lot of things that are better because I'm I'm going, okay, this is a branch that I I can't nourish anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I've given eight years and most of it, a lot of it honestly was about community. I would do these shows in Santa Paula and then I'd start getting burned out and somebody would see it and they would go, I'll help you do this. And then it would be just until I started to get burned out again. And Mm -hmm. and I, I appreciate those people because what we had was special for a really long time, but it just you kind of get to a point where you go I've lived so much of my life trying to create opportunities for other people and none for myself wow and you've picked up on the way I am business wise I'm, I don't like talking money I don't like talking about any. like I I don't view myself as it having any particular talent or anything like that wow it's kind of a bizarre place to be but yeah I am confident in the direction things are going, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense.
0: Well, and I think that you have to give yourself more credit, too. Uh, I, I think that you have to... Um, I think people in general need to not discount their abilities. Mm-hmm. Because this is like the self-deprecating dialogue. The internal dialogue becomes self-deprecating to the point where you start believing your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, I'm not good at that. Oh, I'm never going to amount to whatever, right? Right insert X goal I'm never going to do that if you keep talking to yourself that way and I'm not talking to you I'm talking to oh, just no. like people
1: in general but you are talking to me believe it or not but I'm okay. listening <laughs> Okay.
0: And, and if people continue talking to themselves that way it's a self-fulfilling prophecy it will become that right if we put other things out into the universe I'm a big believer in like the universe is way more connected than we think it is, Mm -hmm. right? So same reason why like, hey, I was just thinking about you, friend, whoever's going to call you, whatever. Yeah, that's the universe saying like, hey, this is supposed to be, this is supposed to happen. This connection is supposed to be made. Right. Right? Like you and I met, at a friend of ours, uh, his office, Jim. He's an insurance dude, yeah. And he brought us both in so we could connect. And he didn't know what that relationship was going to to build. Originally, it was just like, hey, we could be a referral source for each other. Right, right. Now here we are, uh, doing a podcast together, and. Working together and launching basically a whole nother business together, whether we know it or not. Yeah. Right? Our trajectories are both changed forever because of the choices we've made. Going back to that, you made a choice to not do comedy anymore because you're making $150 a day if you're lucky and you're away from your family (laughs) and you have fuel costs that are involved that they're not covering. So really, you're probably making $70 to $80 a day.
1: Oh, yeah, if you're lucky. Which is
0: just don't do that ever again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what you're doing now I think is amazing because you're gonna help a lot more people, right? Because this podcast goes out to thousands, 10,000s of people are gonna listen to this, right? And this is that one-to-many concept that we talk so much about where you can have one-on-one conversations with people as much as you'd like, but you only have a certain amount of hours in the day to have those conversations. Right. So recording something like this, getting the message out there, and then having many, many people listen to this kind of stuff is way more impactful than working on that one-to-one basis. Or, for example, like your comedy in a small social club with an audience of 50 people.
1: Who are all drunk. And they don't give a shit what
0: you're saying. Yeah. They're just like, make me laugh, guy. Yeah. That doesn't really matter, right? That's not going to change people's lives, other than maybe a little bit of comedic respite. But what's really going to change people's lives is having conversations like this. Yeah and sharing what we know, what we've learned. And hopefully if one person has picked up on anything that we've talked about today and it helps them change their life in one simple way, who knows what that is? Like, I don't know what it's going to be for them, but if it changes their life for the good in one way, then we've done our job. That's true. We've absolutely done our job.
1: That is because that's what you really want. You want to create that positive impact and that's that's why it's important for me to tell you that I was kinda of like putting stuff together on on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm like listening to it and I'm going, This is so good. <laughs> like it's you know, the universe connected. You're coming along at a time where I need to hear grown ups talk about grown up stuff and the way the way that you need to look at your business and the way you deal with things. I've always kind of went out and just did whatever felt like it would be fun and then let let the wife deal with you know <laughs> you know yeah you know you only came home with 80 bucks from new york and oh i know yeah but like i have to look at things more i went through a healing process the divorce was really hard for me cuz i didn't see it coming oh. and it, and it was like and i'm a dad dad like oh. i went to my daughter's bed took her from her her bed every morning and brought her out to have breakfast and and i would you know, carry her back to her room. Even you know, at the age of whatever it was, she was nine, I think, when I moved out of. Oh. To me, I loved and lived for those moments yeah. of you know being there. So, it was really hard, and it's still hard. It's not always. I'm not laying around in a in a ball crying for myself, but it still is tough, you know. Yeah. And 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 I have to be honest about that in order to like actually have relationship with people because there's times where I'm like, you know, hey, I might shut down sometimes and it might not make sense. But, you know, maybe Paw Patrol was on on a TV across the hall and I didn't and I just happened to notice it. And Mm -hmm. so I go back to some moment in time, you know, well
0: that elicits a trauma response. Yeah. And so one thing that I've a lot of things that I've learned from my wife, but my wife being a really good therapist, she talks to me a lot about these new trainings and things like that that she's learning about. And one of the things we've really talked a lot about is trauma and you going through a divorce is an extremely traumatic experience. And there's like this, I don't know what the word is, but it's like buried deep into your brain, mm-hmm. right? Somatic, maybe it's somatic. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right word or not. I'm not great with words, but a situation like that where yes, you saw a Paw Patrol episode and it took you back to this moment you know, with your kid that right there elicited that same exact feeling that you were having maybe during the divorce that you were going through. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And that can be detrimental if it's not talked about, if it's not uh, taken care of, uh, healed, like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, or, like, treated, if you will, right? Right, This is my wife coming out. You know, we need to go through the treatment process. (laughs) You know? (laughs) No, but I, I think it's extremely important to that what you've done and like recognized these, these issues that you've had and then work to heal them.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, that's been my priority. Like I've had, even my kids are like, dad, why don't you, uh, my, my son's like, yeah, just should get a girlfriend. I think it'd be okay. And I'm like, so well right now I've kind of got to be able to deal with my own stuff before trying to hand my stuff over to somebody else and be like, Hey, why don't you help me deal with <laughs> this yeah. baggage right now? I'm like, and I, and I explained to him that it's, it's a an actual. I actually decided when it, when this happened. I go okay. The first thing I did was I went back into my son's room because I was cleaning it, and I went and just kind of finished cleaning it. And I'm like going, okay, what am I going to do? And that was the time when I decided. All right, I'm just going to go along with what she says as long as it's not absolutely, you know, mind bending crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, when she she's the one that decided who got what, all that stuff. I didn't fight any of that, mm-hmm. and. I'm going to do everything I can not to create more problems because my goal at the end of the day is to make sure that I have as much access to my children as I possibly can, that my children know that they're my priority. I'm not willing to put my relationship with my kids at risk over who gets the treadmill. Right. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, right. Yeah. And so I think I decided that really, early on. And then, and then I've kind of tried to live that. And then, and you know, the healing is—it's kind of slow because, especially when it's something happens that you're totally not expecting, you're like okay, well. But they appreciate it, and we talk. And I talked to my kids. I, I just had a long conversation with my son about it last night about, about the healing and how important it is to, to make sure that you let those things come out, and not just bury them in because they. they they're go- they're not going to just stay there. They're going to yeah. they're going to, you know, resurface and but I do I do feel like I'm at a place now where I can start making productive decisions and start actually taking on responsibilities without worrying about falling apart because I see Paw patrol in the background or yeah. something like that. You know, because for a long time I'd go to the house to drop the kids off and like it would just I couldn't do anything but go home and lay down afterwards because it was just you just You know,
0: I can't imagine. Yeah, I I really can't imagine. Yeah, my my daughters are almost three and almost six. I feel like I'm just now like with my six year old, like she just started kindergarten. And so there have been a lot of changes. Right. And her brain is growing like crazy. Same thing with the toddler. Right. The three year old. Her brain is growing like crazy. And I'm learning so much about them every single day. And I'm appreciating them and loving them so much more every single day. And for some reason in the last like month, it just feels like the growth has been exponential Mm. and that I've really been able to connect with both of them. And I don't know, maybe that's some internal personal changes and stuff that I've been making within myself. Uh, Or maybe it's just that they're growing so rapidly that I'm like grabbing on to every single thing I possibly can. And I cannot imagine not waking up in the same house as them. Yeah. I can't imagine um, going to bed. Without them, so you guys split custody. Is that how you do it, or what do you guys? Yeah,
1: do? I, I have them because I because I'm in a small apartment, so I have them just the one night a week, and I, you know, okay. they share my bedroom with me, and it's a, and we have fun when we're together. So basically, we have split custody, but they spend the night at my house just once night a week. So okay, I have them. Almost every day of the week at some point. Okay. She's kind of weird with the way she split custody. It's like, okay. I'll have them 12 hours and you have them 12 hours. Okay. I'm exaggerating, but it feels like that a little bit. Because, like, okay. so like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll, I'll get them from school and then I have them till the late evening and then she comes and picks them up from my place. I have them every other Friday and then I have them on Saturdays because everything's actually been really fair considering that it has to be it has to be split (laughs) you know what I mean yeah so if if I'm gonna have limited access to my kids I can't complain and she really is as much as I give her a hard time about being really strict with like times and stuff like that if I talk to her and go hey I really could use the extra time if you you she's she's very accommodating so she's it's not like she's you know back here but it drives her crazy if I if, if I say I'm going to be there at three and I get there at three fifteen, it drives her crazy because that's yeah. the way her brain is. Sure, it's not it's not because she's a terrible human being; It's just how she, her how her brain works. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: no, I I completely get that. Like, um, being punctual is is something that some people do well and some people don't do well, and the people who do it well, they get bothered when other people don't think the same way. Yeah. And that's just how that is. But as far as the kids are concerned, man, I'm really, uh, I'm sorry that you went through that and currently going through that. It's, I can't imagine it, but unfortunately it's more normal in our society than it ever was. Mm -hmm. But I also think that the people who stay together just for the kids make it worse for the kids. Yeah. So I commend you guys for well I mean you didn't you said you got blindsided by it or whatever it was maybe not blindsided that maybe that's not the right word but you but, were surprised
1: But I think you get it though because my mindset was there was kind of a degree of we were staying together for the kids. Mm. We weren't like it's not like we hated each other didn't get along. We operated well as a family but mm-hmm. wasn't weren't particularly close as far you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know how relationships are supposed to be and there were just just little differences of opinion on how things should work or mm-hmm. how things should be prioritized, I guess. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of markers of, oh man, this is pending doom. But yeah. but you are right though, it is I think it is better for the kids that we are separate, honestly.
0: Yeah. I think it's healthier for them. Yeah. Because they can see two healthy adults parenting together but separately. Yeah. Rather than two unhealthy adults living together. And then having that stress and the weight of the, the negative relationship, then seeping into the way you raise your kids, Right. because if you raise your kids with that kind of mindset rather than, Hey, we're happy separately. If you raise them with, we're unhappy together and we're going to raise you this way, you're going to create kids that are, that have grown up that way right. and they're going to turn into little shitheads. Yeah. And This
1: is what's going to be normal for me when I grow up. That's yeah. what I always think with my daughter. I'm like, I want her to expect people to be kind to her and people to open doors. I want her to expect that to be normal. Yeah. you know what I mean. That's that's the girl dad thing. Yeah. So
0: I'm glad you said that because one of the things that I remembered from a long time ago, and I don't I don't even know where I heard it, but you are your daughter's first love, mm-hmm. right? You are the first love of her life, and every love thereafter. She's going to be looking for that same love, the example of love that you gave her. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that I can possibly do for my daughters is give them the best experience of love than they could, that they could possibly have. So that way, when they go out into the world and they look for a partner when they're older, they look for a healthy relationship in love rather than or not another healthy relationship. Uh, and I, I always try and keep that in the back of my mind And listen, like there is no perfect parent, there is no perfect child. And even though we strive to do all that stuff, like we still have bad moments in parenting. We still have times where we get uh, overheated and we're just like, oh no, don't do that. No, you're not supposed to do it this way or whatever you're gonna, you know, however we react to our kids sometimes. But I think it's always important to follow up those moments with a lot of love and reassurance that just because something went sideways doesn't mean we don't love you. Right. I think it's extremely important to like, and I almost like drill that into our kids' heads. Like, yes, aside from what you just did, that was not right. We were not supposed to do that. Like (laughs) you're not supposed to, I don't know, put toilet paper up your sister's nose until it comes out her
1: ears, but I still love you. I'm glad you say that too, because it's so, you think that it's just common knowledge you think a kid should just know that yeah but my daughter's literally asked me do you even still love me when we're when i'm we're seeing not seeing i die granted she's a little dramatic okay but (laughs) it's in her head yeah at least enough to say it even if it's to torment her dad or to manipulate me a little (laughs) bit she does say it so but that means she needs to hear it yeah you know what i mean if she's asking she needs to hear it how old is she now She's 11 now. She's 11 now. Yeah. Okay. She, she's 11. She's got a couple of issues, and I can talk about it because I talk about it in my stand up, and she knows and she has no problem with it. She was um, at a really early age diagnosed with something called ODD, it's oppositional defiant disorder, mm. which means that her natural, like, her natural self is to, like, push back. Yeah. Whether it's a parent, whether it's a teacher or whatever. And it's a a really challenging thing for her. And people just think, oh, it's a bad kid, but she hates it. She hates the fact that she's like that.
0: Can I tell you uh, an amazing byproduct of that? Yeah. She's going to be an incredible leader. Oh yeah. And if she is taken down a, uh, a, a business ownership path or shown what business ownership is, she will greatly excel at that. And so There's pros and cons to every situation, Mm -hmm. right? And so for you right now, it's like a massive struggle, and it sucks because like everything you ask her to do, she doesn't want to do it, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That was exactly how I
1: grew up. (laughs) I love that. I was. That gives me some confidence. (laughs) I I was the kid
0: who did not want to listen to my dad. My dad and I had the issue, right? It wasn't my mom and I. And every time my dad asked me to do something, it was no. It was the opposite, always the opposite, no matter what it was. You know, I'm, I'm not saying every single time, 100% of the time, but 90% of the time I was 100% asshole, like, love <laughs> <you> it. <know? laughs> <laughs> and, but you know, the silver lining in that is that um, he was hard on me because he knew that I had potential to do whatever it is he thought I could do. Mm-hmm. He saw something in me that I didn't see within myself. And I still my, my dad died years ago, but I still have people in my life that push me that way. And I thank them for that, right? I have multiple mentor mentors in my life that do that. And I also think that far too often people think that they only have one father or one dad. Mm-hmm. We have many, many fathers in our lives. Yes. As we pass through lives, whether that be a friend who's a little bit older or somebody who's a little wiser mm-hmm. or even somebody you do business with who's sharing uh, tips and information with you. I think that we have to start breaking down the walls of what like a father is and start accepting help more from people around us.
1: Yeah, especially when it's somebody who legitimately just wants to see you win. Yes. And that's what it, I think that's what it's all about. And that's kind of the spirit which comes through your podcast when I listen to it is you are in the spirit of not only I'm going to win like yes. I'm going to win that's that's a given <laughs> I'm doing the podcast because I want to help you win yeah am I right
0: absolutely man
1: so let's tell us about the podcast let's do that so, so that we make sure that we sure. got there the podcast is the it's the
0: Mind Your Own Business Podcast with mind-
1: Steven Sterick this mind your own business podcast yep. with Stephen Sterick, and you can find it literally everywhere. It's literally everywhere because Tom is a badass and knows how to put <laughs> stuff out everywhere to the internet. If you go somewhere and you and you can't find it, then you let us know, and I want to coordinate with your YouTube folks because we, through my, well, we'll talk about that later. But sure. we can, there's a there we can also put another YouTube thing that's. Where people can kind of follow along and watch, and also follow along with the words. and Oh, that that'd be too. great. Yeah. yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I, I haven't done it yet, so I'm not sure how labor-intensive okay. it is, but I think it might be. It might be kind of fun. I'm gonna cool. try it with the walkout too. Yeah,
0: so. and so you know, the the purpose of the podcast is called "Mind Your Own Business," and really, it's about not minding your own business. Like, like, hey, you know, I want you to stay out of my life. It's like, no, I want to help you mind your own business, mm-hmm. and whether that's your business or your personal life, whatever you got going on. I want to just help people by sharing the word of others, right? We have on our podcast, we only have distinguished guests and only people who have done cool stuff in their lives and who have the desire to help other people, right? Because when you get two minds in a room that want to help other people, then every single time there's magic that
1: happens. You're right. You're right. And I, that's, it's interesting that you say that because I, through life, you're chasing things, you know, as a kid, you're, you're chasing friends, and you're chasing this, and then there comes a time where you're chasing girls, and then you're chasing that, that job, and you're chasing that, that all these things. And recently, I've been chasing something, and I don't really know what it is, but every time I find it, it's in places like these rotary meetings or at these big fundraisers. Mm. And that's it, it's what you're talking about. It's like-minded people that are like, I, I want, and I might not even necessarily know exactly what I'm doing here, but mm-hmm. I know that I'm with a group of people who are determined to make our community a better place.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I've i seen that a lot in the last year or so. My pivotal moment was on a family trip. We all got COVID the day we got there. We, we went to Hawaii for two weeks and it was like a legacy family trip. My whole family, my mom, my stepdad, my in-laws as well. It was all of us, we rented this house. And the day after we got there, my youngest got, daughter got COVID. So we couldn't go anywhere, you know, Hawaii at the time was like, no, you have to quarantine for five days. We all got sick, all of us in the entire house, it ran through all of us. And the pivotal moment for me was I had my trucking business amongst other things, I had my trucking business back here in Ventura. And if I wasn't there running it, it was not going to run itself. Right. And that was huge to me. Going back to designing my life, right? The life I'm designing now all focuses around, as far as my professional life, it all focuses around being able to build a business in a backpack. Nice a laptop and what you got in front of you right now, you've got a mixing board and all that. You can literally do this anywhere. This is a business in a backpack.
1: Let me, let me show you my, my trucking device. This is it right there. A big old orange milk crate. <laughs> and it's even got like tchotchkes to give to kids as they walk by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But that that was my pivotal moment. And uh, and I think that you had your pivotal moment at that hotel casino in Laughlin. Yeah. Yeah and it really changes your perspective on how you want to move forward and so what that forced me to do is to get around people who were doing things that i wanted to do or to that are doing things in the direction i wanted to design my life and so i started getting into different mastermind groups into different mentorship programs with people and i'm seeing how they do it and every single one of them i won't say every single one of them because there's always outliers as far as people in the group, but all of the the mentors and the people leading these groups that I'm involved with, they all want to see you win because they know that if we all win, we're all gonna do it together. Yeah. And it's gonna help us grow that much faster. It will create exponential growth because like, every time you have a loss, you get set back mentally and emotionally. But every time you have a win, you're just like, ooh, I'm going to the next level. I'm just jumping up, I'm bouncing, I'm going. And then what ends up happening is like a rising tide floats all boats. If you win, now I'm gonna win and I'm gonna Mm -hmm. share my win with my buddy over here and then we're all gonna start winning together. And that's really what it's all about because as we all do that, we all grow uh, emotionally, spiritually, but also our bank accounts grow as well. And listen, you can't help people if you're poor. Yeah, you're right. You really can't. I can't give thousands of dollars away if I'm poor. Yeah. There is no nobility in being poor or saying anything like say repeat any phrase that people without money say, and it's not going to get you anywhere doing that, right? Yeah. And and I so anyway, I think it's very important going back to the community aspect to be around people who are doing the things that you want to do and on the same trajectory on that same path, and I think that one of the other things that I've done in the last year is shed a lot of friendships that were holding me back.
1: Yeah, that's smart. That's have, a hard one to do too.
0: So, if you're if you're with five people hanging out at a bar, what well, what are you? You're the, you're the same dude, right? You're the same guy. Mm-hmm. If you're like one of five knuckleheads that's doing stupid shit every weekend and going out and partying, you're the sixth knucklehead. Right. Right? You, you are a product of who you hang around with they say like this is an old saying right and like people I think overuse it but like you the you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most yeah and that's hundred percent true because it's like osmosis you hang around people doing big shit you're gonna start doing big shit yeah yeah I, it's literally like impossible to not do it uh, because the, or those friends or those people that are doing big shit they're gonna kick you out because you're not trying.
1: Right. Right. They're going to move on. Yeah. They're going to move on.
0: Exactly. So that's something that I've had to really kind of struggle with is like getting rid of relationships that weren't that that were holding me back. And it's I know it's a necessary thing that I had to do, but it's also really hard. Right. Because you have a history with these people. And it's not like I said, like, F you get out of my life. It was just like slowly stopped talking to them yeah. more and more and more time went between when we texted each other or called or hung out to the point where like your, your life is on a different trajectory now and that relationship just has run its course. That was a different season of life. Now mm. we're in, Now we're in a new season of life. And what is this season going to look like? And what am I working towards so that way the next season of my life looks so much different that I don't even recognize who I was a year ago or two years ago yeah so anyway lots of stuff to chew on there
1: no it is because i went from the road stuff and one of my solutions from going from being on the road too much was to start producing a show <laughs> excuse me the giggles show and doing the radio thing giggles as i said eight years not particularly fruitful and never made money on it never really created opportunities out of it but the same people were always around. Yeah, and it was the same people always around. And as much as I, I love and care for those people, the ones that do comedy mm-hmm. were not anywhere near capable of what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. Like the, like I get calls to do some of the bigger rooms, even though I'm fairly inactive as a comedian. Mm-hmm. I still get calls to do a rooms. You know what I mean? And I am fair. Like I th- I am fairly inactive. So. It's hard to, when, you, when you have people that you feel like they're kind of relying on you and just to get on stage <laughs> to wow. begin with. And yeah. then he, but after eight years, I, I can walk away now and I just go, I don't regret a minute of it. Yeah. I go, well, it, you know, I wish it would have been more fruitful, but the important thing is knowing that it's not fruitful and now it's time to move on.
0: Yeah. You know what I think is your story is your send-off. So the story that you've lived for the last eight years of your life... Is not the story you're going to be living for the next eight years of your life. Yeah. And so, but I also think there's power in using your message, right? And your story is your message. Your mess is your message. Everything that you've gone through can inspire people to either change their lives or do something better or just uh, so many times people get stuck in mediocrity and in comfort. And I think that the fear of change just completely stifles their desire to change yeah one of the goals that I set out to do at the beginning of this year is to help people break away from their w-2 jobs it's almost like a prison for a lot of people but it's like a it's like a a security blanket as a kid because you just keep on getting a paycheck right and and i think
1: somebody (laughs) else does all the paperwork you just yeah Yeah.
0: one of the greatest addictions in this country is a w-2 paycheck is a steady paycheck
1: Mm -hmm. because we
0: just keep on working and working and working right and then what are you hoping for at the end of it a mediocre 401k and maybe some social security benefits yeah
1: 150 dollars a day just if you're (laughs) really when you think about it i mean what jobs are out there i mean there are good better jobs but, but i think that most jobs hover now around $20, $30 you know, twenty, thirty dollars an hour. Yeah,
0: most um, most entry level stuff. I mean, January first, uh, sixteen dollars is going to be the minimum wage. Sixteen dollars an hour. It's going up to that January first.
1: It's probably going to be impossible to find a place that only pays sixteen dollars an hour because yeah. everybody needs people so bad they're yeah. to compete a little bit. Right,
0: and it's it's too expensive to live uh, on minimum wage in California and so well most places in the country it's too expensive to live on minimum wage. But uh, the point of all that is to to go back to getting people out of their W-2, if they feel, right, and I know that you mentioned this, like if you feel like there's something that you're working towards, there's something like you know that you have like not a higher purpose or whatever, but you know that there's something that is inside of you that you want to do, I think that people should actually just take the leap and try. You don't have to quit your W-2 to try something new. You have to just... You, but what you do have to do is sacrifice sacrifice some comfort. Far too often, people fall into this routine comfort trap. And it might be because like, it's just the way we do it. And it's always been done that way. And this is our schedule during the week. And we pick up the kids and we drop them off and we go to this sporting event. or the, People aren't willing to sacrifice the thing that they've done for years because that's just quote unquote, what they do. They've labeled themselves as this is just what I do, or I am a nurse, or I am this, I am an engineer. I am, insert whatever title that people have given themselves. Right. But if they just step outside of their comfort zone and they take whatever, let's say, hobby they have and they maybe want to turn it into a business, I think they'll find how easy it actually is and rewarding it actually is once they decide to, take a step outside and see that they can do something outside of what they've normally done to better their life. And maybe just maybe they'll change their family tree forever.
1: Right. That's one of the things that I've seen value in. It might sound silly, but the Uber, the Uber eats all the, all that kind of ride sharing that stuff Mm -hmm. is you have people like, for example, my brother. My brother has a decent job working for the state franchise tax board, but he does that stuff for extra money. Of course, he hates his job. Who wow. would love working for the state franchise tax board? <laughs> I don't know. Who? He hates his job. But going out, and even though it's Uber Eats and it's not like, no, who wants to go do that? Mm-hmm. But he's saying, oh, I can, I can go out and I can do things, yeah. and I can create other opportunities and stuff like that. And I was telling him, I go, our country's not going in a direction where it's employee friendly. No way. Like the idea of 40 hours a week for the same company for 30 years, I think is pretty much out the window. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. That, it's, that used to be the American dream. It, it is no longer that. As soon as you start getting close to where you're getting some kind of, you know, long-term benefits from them, they're going, oh, no, 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 You aren't that necessary for us. There's somebody <laughs> younger that requires less. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and and what happens is people become a product of, of an audit, and if you are not bringing in enough revenue per employee, well then you're on the chopping block because there's somebody hungrier than you are waiting in line to take your job. Mm-hmm. And so we can't just wait for the opportunity to happen to us, we have to create it. And what ends up happening is When, like, your brother starts doing Uber Eats and delivery services and he's working independently for himself, even though he's getting paid by a major corporation, he is his own business. Yeah. He's running his own business. He gets to figure out when he wants to work, how long he wants to work, how hard he wants to hustle Mm -hmm. or not hustle. And the amount that he earns is a direct result of how hard he hustles. That's right. So he gets a taste of that now and then maybe he meets somebody or he gets this other idea uh, there used to be late night infomercials about like, oh, yeah. you know, real estate gurus and stuff. Oh, you can <laughs> oh, wholesale
1: houses, no. oh, flip oh, houses. But I just, got it. California yeah. pines. You remember that one? Yes. <laughs> that was a Yeah, pay uh, me okay.
0: nine ninety seven for my course and I'll tell you exactly how to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's how those gurus got rich. But what I'm talking about is maybe he gets, he sees an idea or he has an organic idea on how on a business that he wants to start or he sees a way to make money somehow. And now he's got the experience or the taste of making that money from doing the Uber Eats or doing the DoorDash or whatever he's doing. And he's like, man, this is possible. And every single thing that I've done, every change that I've made is usually because I've seen somebody else do it. And it's funny, I didn't think about this till this moment. Uh, We got to thank Uber, right? We got to thank Uber for showing people that it's possible for them to have their own business. Yeah. Whereas they would have never thought about that, maybe not never thought about that, but they wouldn't have been shown in such an easy way, like, hey, I can make my own money independently of this W2 job that I have. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it sparks some interest for them to go out and do it on their own. Yeah. So.
1: Thank you very much Uber and DoorDash. Yeah, shout out Uber and DoorDash. <laughs> and thank you for sitting down and talking with me. We'll, sure, go, man. we'll we've been here for a little while, but yeah. I know we'll have time to to uh, catch up and do this again very soon because I find you endlessly fascinating. Oh, thank you. You're man. very good at helping put together like connect the dots, you know what I mean? If that makes mm. sense.
0: It does make sense. Like, I really appreciate that.
1: There's so many people that'll tell you something's easy but they won't say, "Look, this is where you start. Mm-hmm. You're not going to you're not going to start at the bottom of the hill." take three steps and be on top of the mountain you're yeah. gonna have to actually maneuver and you might have to talk to a couple people along the way and you might have to dry out your feet so that you don't get like you like sure you're, you actually are helping people go through that and so there's a lot of value in that and I think it's important when you see somebody who is who, who's presenting value that it's important that you tell them so thank you for presenting value to people including myself and uh yeah you're you
0: welcome know. man I, I appreciate that and I, I will say this though like at every level of the game, no matter what, where you are um, on the journey, there's always going to be setbacks. There's always going to be, like you said, oh, you can't just walk three steps and be at the top of the mountain. Like, it's there's always going to be something. Uh, and this is something that I wish somebody would have really broken down for me, like with parenting. I wish that somebody would have told me, like, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Uh, You're never going to be right. Yeah, it's (laughs) true. You're never going to be right. And uh, just keep on learning. Literally every single day, try not to control the situation and just try and make the best humans that you possibly can. And and I wish that somebody would have told me that about parenting, but I also wish somebody would have told me a lot of stuff about business that I've learned over the years. And so uh, I'm just happy to share what I know and what I've learned from people doing uh, a lot bigger stuff than me. And people who have failed a lot larger than me. I was just on the phone this morning on a call, and um, you know some of those guys in that room have had failures recently where they've lost two million dollars in one month. Like wow. literally, just like, yeah, dude, I did a bad deal, and I got involved with a person that I did vet did not vet properly, and you know the deal I got in was 18 months ago, but we just closed on the deal today and we lost 18 million dollars wow and of that two million dollars was mine you know so anyway i'm every level of the game there are setbacks hey guys just wanted to take a second here and thank you for listening to the podcast i really really appreciate it it means the world to me it means so much to me that you guys are listening i don't make any money off of this stuff i do it for free i do it out of the goodness of my heart i want to help people And I want to share all this cool information with you guys and everybody else in the world. So if you could think of somebody that you would share this to, so if they got some value out of it, I would really appreciate it. Share it on your socials. Click that little button for sharing and share it to your story. Thanks a lot.